Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about men with six-pack abs and the decisions that females get to make for themselves. This week, Claire is on a much-deserved vacation, so we will unfortunately just have to soldier on through this episode without her essential insights. Luckily, I have an absolutely wonderful guest here to help me break all of the drama down, Brittany Luce, host of the podcast for Colored Nerds. Brittany, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I, I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh, this is going to be really fun. This was like a wild episode. I think we were talking a little bit before we started recording um, about the fact that we both feel kind of re-energized by the fact that there are two bachelorettes. Like this is it's kind of mixing up the structure of The Bachelorette in a way that feels fun. Absolutely. I think that, um, I, I mean, dating reality shows, I love them. I honestly, I love them. I watch quite a few of them. And I'll give any, pretty much any of them a chance if I have the time. Oh, um, yeah. But I, and I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a member of The Bachelor Nation. I think that that's like a really hallowed title that requires <laughs> a lot of dedication <laughs> and hours that I haven't put into every season, to be honest, most seasons. But I've seen enough to to understand, like, you know, how the show works and and like what sort of like the um, the ebbs and flows of the seasons are. But I know enough to know that The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are like the DNA of pretty much every like dating or dating to marriage reality TV show that's out on any yes. network, at least in the United States. Yes. Like all of these shows are essentially in conversation in some way. Absolutely. With The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Absolutely. And so I, 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 as much as I respect that, I have found that sometimes 
watching the show, I get lost with the lack sometimes of dynamism. You know what I mean? The Bachelor and the Bachelor, mm-hmm. I have to have to, you know, it's a pretty staid franchise and they have beats that they follow and that they have to follow and that the viewers are expecting and it keeps things consistent. Um, but uh, I really have been just delighted by how invigorating it's been to have two bachelorettes. Like it's a perfect way to keep things on that same consistent track that like the bachelor nation, bachelor, bachelorette nation um, love, but be able to shake things up enough that like, I I genuinely have found myself not knowing what's going to happen next, which I, I think is difficult sometimes on these shows. Oh, I completely agree. I think that that is like a perfect assessment. Um, And so let's just get into this week's episode because it was kind of a genuinely wild ride. And I, I'm just like officially hooked into yes. this season yes. after being like really needing that big long break that we got. Like I was starting to really fade and now I'm like, mm. Gabby, Rachel, I just want the best for both of them. I really so, do. I really <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. You're like, I've watched two episodes and I'm like, oh, but will they be okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they get you. Um, so we open with Gabby and Rachel having just a nice check-in at their mountaintop mansion, discussing, like, the craziness of canceling the first row ceremony. I mean, these gals are wild. What will they do next? (laughs) There are also now 29 dudes. Like, there are literally not enough beds for them in the bachelor mansion. I love that. Did you love this? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, something I did not, I don't know why it suddenly clicked with me for the first time, but this is like the, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the sort of like, I don't know, because there's two of them and they can sort of like their energy can play off of each other. Yes. I think that typically like, how do I put it? Like a lot of bachelorettes and bachelors too, at this point in time, when there's so many people to choose from they're I feel like when they only have themselves to play off of their whole shtick is like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do, which is more believable later in the season when they actually have attachments to some of these people. But I'm like, you don't know what to do with someone named meatball. Now we're going to get to that later, but I'm like, you really don't know what to do with, you know, a guy who shows up in a chicken suit on the first night. Like you don't know what to do. But I I think it's what's so great is like having the two of them together. They are like sort of like co-conspirators and they're both really excited about the fact that there's yes, so many guys. Their to choose energy from. is like very infectious. And you yes. also you get greater humor, I think, when you see the two of them interacting. And this conversation is hilarious because it is literally like intercut with shots of the dudes yes. in the mansion, like sleeping on outdoor couches and just like guzzling raw eggs like Gaston. Like, (laughs) I know it was like, I I, I, like there's obviously there's so much fantasy involved in The Bachelorette. I mean, The Bachelor, I get it, but there are a lot of like the way that our society thinks about marriage. There are a lot of men, unfortunately, who have undeservedly (laughs) lots of women who are chasing them down to get married. But it doesn't work out the same way for women in hetero dating culture. So, like, the visuals of, like, too many men in the house, there's just so many men in the house to choose from. It was so Really satisfying. Yeah, and they were all, like you said, they were all like, let's make breakfast. And I was like, oh, this breakfast is going to be so terrible. Yeah, they're just like, oh, pop the champagne, bro. Yeah. Pour all the eggs into a pan and just let it really burn. Like, I I don't know. It It was super into it. I also love to see, you know, men like low grade suffer. So like, yes, mm-hmm. 
sleep on a couch that is too tiny for your long, long legs. Sleep in jeans. But Gabby and Rachel are like, we were gonna have a pool party because we need to see all of their abs. It's just a must. Um, really, God, after we just recently spoke to one of the people behind the Roses for Everybody campaign, and it was, like, really stunning to see the the just, like, compulsory six-pack abs conversation happening right yes. after we had a long conversation about how this show just, like, simply just sidesteps body diversity altogether. And it was <laughs> yes. like, yes, wow, it's really, it's right there. It's right um, there. <laughs> But they are like, we're gonna we're gonna have a beauty pageant because that's the next best thing from a pool party. I loved them having the beauty pageant. I mean, what's better on a rainy day than a bunch of men in speedos whose crotches have to be blurred out, by the way? I'm like, a part of me is like, was it that bad? Like, like some of these guys were spreading their legs in front of this these women show at some just point. like loves a black box. I will say that. Like any chance they get, they're like, put a black box over the ass, put a black box over the thighs. Like, let's just go for it. So I think they enjoy almost like titillating the audience with mm. the the hint that there's more his there. Dick was out. Essentially. I, I mean, I was, but the, I was into that. I did feel bad for a couple of the guys whose crotches did not get black boxed out. I was like, what is I that? Know. Like, are you embarrassed? Like, <laughs> They like at one point, like, so Gabby and Rachel come to the the bachelor mansion sipping mimosas and they're like, here's some bags of, of gifts. Mm-hmm. And the men are all excited. But then unfortunately for them, the gifts are these Speedos. Uh, mm-hmm. And we definitely get at least one like close up shot of Ryan just like attempting to stuff his, his Speedo. I would have done that. Yeah, I was like, wise move, but also rough that that is your screen time. I know. I'm like, literally, that's your screen time and your crotch doesn't get blurred out because apparently <laughs> it's not threatening enough, right? Exactly. And they see you, they catch you stuffing. But I respected it because I would have done exactly the same thing. No question. I mean, look. All you get is one shot with mission. these girls. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let them find out later I lied. <laughs> Uh, this is this is the future that feminists want, everyone. This is equality. <laughs> Basically, Jesse comes in and tells all the men that if they impress Gabby and Rachel during this pageant and perhaps, quote, show the most skin, again, mm. equal opportunity objectification mm-hmm. on this show, uh, they might get a semi-private invite to the bachelorette house for a little, I guess, like impromptu intimate group date. Yeah. Which... Again, a new structure, and I'm into it. Yeah, I had questions about that, but when we get there, I'm going to ask you more about the structure of that date because yeah. I was confused. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they they seem to really be figuring it out on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but Gabby and Rachel show up, and they're like, we're ready. We're ready for the abs. Logan goes first. He apologizes to his Grammy via yes. the camera for stripping. He's like, Mom, Grammy don't watch this. <laughs> and here's the thing. Logan, look, he he owns this. He really goes for it. Mm-hmm. My only issue with him is that he tries to turn his talent into a metaphor for a loving relationship. Mm-mm. His talent is doing the worm. And he's like, you know, a loving relationship, it's like before it becomes a butterfly, Mm-mm. it's a worm. And I'm like, Logan, no. that's a caterpillar. Yeah. Logan... 
like, didn't we all like do the thing in like fourth grade where it's like, and then it's a chrysalis and it goes into a chrysalis yeah, and, then it and then it becomes a butterfly. Out. Literally it's caterpillar. Like, but there's a whole book about it. There's a, ch- there's a very whole book. famous children's book. The Hungry exactly. Caterpillar. There are songs about this. Like it's a, it's a known, a known thing. I mean, yeah. Also, there's just so much like Mariah Carey. That's like her, one of her main <laughs> symbols. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's never sung about worms. They're not included. No. They're not in the equation. I don't, I don't know. Logan. I was just like, come on, Logan. Mm. I don't know. A sign of things to come with him, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some. We'll get to some other thoughts about Logan. Okay. So let's see. Who were some other standouts for you during this Um, this pageant? Some other standouts. Okay. Now, I was into the guys who did tricks. So like um, juggling. There was one guy. Mario did some. Yes. Like the one-legged juggling. Okay. The pistol squat juggling. So also yes. like I was watching this and, and my husband was walking in and out of the room, like doing other stuff while I was watching this. And he was amazed by Mario's pistol squat juggling. I mean, he that saw was impressive. Juggling. It was so impressive. I mean, he was like, whoa, juggling. And he's like, whoa, one leg. <laughs> he's like, that guy's got to get a rose. I'm like, 100% agree. And also, I mean, he already had gotten the first impression rose. But I mean, second impression, damn, that's what I have to say about that. But I, um, I was into him. There was another guy who juggled or like who tried to throw something into his mouth and caught it. Oh, I think that was Ethan. Yes, I thought that was impressive. Oh, also, I can't remember this guy's name. I wrote it down, but he looks kind of like they went through this whole thing where he was like, oh, he looks like Tarzan. He was like a uh, mortgage. Jacob. Jacob. I, I enjoyed, I kind of enjoyed this bit. Yes. It was a little cheeky. It was a little cheeky. He sat in the Speedo. Um, he turned the chair around. So he was sitting, he's sitting in a back, sitting backwards in a chair. So his legs were spread open. He was wearing a leopard print little Speedo. Um, so I was already paying attention. I was locked in. And then um, he uh, put on these little glasses that made him look like a little nerd. And he started talking about how to save $60,000 a year on a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. And I was like, I'm into, first of all, I'm listening. I'm Same. looking. I'm locked in. I was like, I feel like I, I thought Jacob was going to go, you know, I thought Jacob was going to go the distance at that moment. I was like, this is a good, this is a good impression. It was a like, really good impression. Yes. You are in on the joke. Mm-hmm. You are giving me some like actually potentially useful knowledge, mm-hmm. which I'm going to say is often lacking, especially during the in- initial stages of The Bachelorette. Yes. And Rachel, for her, to her credit, was into it. She was like, this man looks like Tarzan, but also my mortgage broker. And I'm here for it. She was totally into it. And also, like, he's hot. Like, he, it wasn't just, like, a thing of, like, he's like, I believe I'm hot. And I think they should agree just because that's what I think. Because I think there's a there's some guys on there where I'm just like, you're not oh, even really yeah. giving the women a lot to work with. And you're expecting them to fall on over you. I mean, that is definitely a theme. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I was into the, I was into all of them. I was not into Chris. Okay. We got to talk about Chris. This mm. is a rough episode for Chris. This is his flame out episode. He is of course our resident mentality coach. I will remind everyone again, <laughs> this is the man who in his bio said that his favorite author is himself. So oh, I think that's that was worse a very than, early, uh, worse early red flag. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Wow. Um, 
So, you know, I can't say I'm totally surprised given that one fact. It was, I was watching for him uh, to do something really stupid. But he's like, guys, this is my, this is my comfort. This is, I'm like in my element. I teach sports mentality. That's, that's his thing. So he's, he's like, okay, let's get some audience participation in here. And he starts dribbling a basketball while forcing the men to like clap or stomp their feet mm-hmm. and then pivots like mm-hmm. right into an original song. Um, I'm being mm. generous when I say it's an original song. You're being it's just more like, saying it's a song. It's, um, it doesn't really have a melody. No. It is, there's a pitch there. He was it's, pitchy when he was he was pitchy the song. exactly he <laughs> he, was pitchy. he was singing uh, some version of musical notes I will say that was present, <laughs> um, and the lyrics were, Rachel to my east, Gabriella to my west, I'm here to prove my fit is the best. Mm-mm. So you can uh, get a sense of what his books must be like. I think from from that. So I assume you'll all be <laughs> rushing over to order them from your local bookstore. Obviously, poetry, hence uh, the rhyming. Poetry. This is also intercut with clips of his in the moment interviews where he's saying things like, I believe I'm the alpha. I'm like number one leader. Oh, yes. He said <laughs> that first, I also appreciated the shadiness of the producers in one of the lower thirds <laughs> in that section. They, instead of listing a profession for Chris, they wrote tone deaf. Um, oh, yes. Because that's I love exactly this. what he is. That was like, I think they changed that right when Chris is like, yeah, I did a great job. I just really <laughs> shared what's important to me. Music, mentality, athletics. Yeah. And they're just like tone deaf. Oh, he said sports, music, and leadership. Oh, leadership. I think right. I was like, you were demonstrating yes. leadership by performing in front of a captive audience and asking them to assist you in clapping like that's your leaders what yeah, he's like, like i told them to clap and they did so who's the number one leader here mm-hmm. chris <sighs> also like he has that chin strap facial hair that it's not i good. it's not good it's about 20 years too late and i was just like <laughs> how can you expect to lead other men when your facial hair is giving throwback i don't know <laughs> You got to think to the future, Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's really, I'd say, the the major standout of this pageant. Poor Quincy has to take one for the team and just wear a full banana hammock mm-hmm. thong. Mm-hmm. And he's expects to be rewarded for this. And unfortunately, <gasps> life isn't fair. Wait, what about Meatball? Can you talk about Meatball's performance? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I did have a note on this. Meatball, his, his only fact is that his nickname is Meatball. Oh, so that's God. his entire personality. Mm-hmm. And he he does something bold. He <laughs> kneels down, opens a can of meat sauce, and just pours it onto his bare chest sensually and just dips his finger lightly into it and licks it. What did you think about this? Um... When he poured that meat sauce all over his body, I was so, (laughs) I was so disgusted. I don't know. A part of me is like, oh, was I disgusted? Well, okay. This is another moment where my husband was sitting next to me when I was watching this. And he was like, oh, I hope he was last. Production's going to have to clean that up. (laughs) I was 
<laughs> like, well, some of the other guys were even saying, I think Eric is like the smell yeah. is lingering, and I, I don't, I don't think I can ever have like pasta sauce for a while. No, and then the thing is, I the other thing I was thinking too is like, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell for me if it would be worse, like if I hated it more because the meat sauce was jarred. Or if I would have preferred if he had used a vegetarian sauce jar. I'm like, if it was marinara, for me, it was would the I meat. be? For me, it was actually the meat. Yeah. I was like, if it was vegetarian, I would be less disgusted exactly. right now. But of course, production wasn't going to let him stop halfway. They were like, if you're going to do this, you've got to commit. Exactly. And you did say your entire personality is the word meatball. So we have to go there. Mm-hmm. So they wrap up and the women leave to just like go back and make their decisions And later in the day, a date card arrives at the house. The women have chosen the following six men to come just like have a little hang Mm. at their house. They have chosen Avon, Logan, Brandon, Jason, Johnny, and Colin. Quincy, of course, is upset that his fully (laughs) bared ass cheeks did not earn him an invite. You know, the indignity. And Chris has an incredible response to this. He decides to tell all of the men that, you know, some people, like him, who aren't going, like the women just don't need a test because they just already know how they feel about him, which is obviously wonderful. So good for those guys, but, you know, some of us just didn't need that invite. Uh, the the Like the illogic on display there. <laughs> do with that it's so illogical what it's so illogical and that's what makes it so much worse is that chris is someone who obviously thinks he's very very smart smart and appealing (laughs) and i'm like dude your personality is i'm an alpha and i can't sing (laughs) and i have no rhythm and he because he was barely dribbling that basketball i know why he's focusing on sports mentality (laughs) because he's not with the sports physicality (laughs) but yeah i was just like shut up Shut up. Oh, God. They were really, production really did an incredible job just like leaving little breadcrumbs throughout the whole episode leading up to his big flame out. They were like, they were like, we only have this man for a few short episodes. Use every (laughs) clip he gave us. Just go for it. It's so true. And they, they really, the editors really, really do. But these six dudes, the chosen ones, head over to the gal's pad and They start chatting. Rachel immediately pulls Jason to chat, who is someone that we've seen in a lot of the later season previews, but Mm -hmm. like has hardly gotten any screen time up to this point. Yes. And he basically immediately tells Rachel that he's there for Gabby. And this starts, it's very interesting because I feel like you see some of the men really being like the smart thing to do is just just make a choice of who I have the better connection with and stick with it. And some of the men are like, no, I want to be open. Like they're telling us to be open. I'm going to like really go for it with both of them. And what do you think of these strategies? Okay. So I don't know. A part of me is like, okay. So, uh, okay. Part of me is like, I think it is smart to have some sort of strategy. Um, but I, and I, th- I think that the, I'm sorry, I'm only here for one of the women on the very first 
Like, it's not even really like a group date. It's more like a, it's like a casual speed date. They bring like yeah. some of the guys over and then they each go on a date with one of them for, it seems like a very short period of time. And so to me, I'm like on a casual speed date, like your first real, real, real private FaceTime with one of the women, I would think it would be a bad move to just say, as soon as the other woman opens up her mouth, by the way, I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in the other girl. I just think that's a bad strategy at like early in the game. I think later, absolutely. I think that makes more sense. Once yeah, you know, I think once you get to the middle, you like got to commit one way or the other. Exactly. And they actually, and maybe like don't kiss both of them if you have a strong preference. That's my thing. And that's my, and I know I totally agree. And I actually think that like they would value that honesty later in the game. Like sort of like, look, I don't want to get in too deep with you because I'm really into Gabby or I'm really into, or I'm really into Rachel. Um, what I also understand leaving your options open and seeing who you have like a better connection with and who's more into you. Cause that's probably how I would play the game is sort of like, go with the path of least resistance and then mm-hmm. see how I feel and how I want to proceed. Um, but Logan takes the sort of complete opposite of Ooh. deciding very early on one girl. And he goes in strong on both of them. And yes. I thought that was actually pretty tacky. Bad. Yeah. I agree. Like, I feel like Jason is on like one end of this spectrum. Yeah. And most of the guys fall somewhere in in the middle. 100%. And then we have Logan. So Gabby does hit it off with Johnny. Mm-hmm. They have a little cute banter mm-hmm. where Gabby's like, you exude confidence. And Johnny is like, thank you for using an SAT word. I <laughs> love that. Uh, and they make out adorable. And, but yeah, Rachel is having like a slightly less romantic evening at first. Yeah, They're clearly building up her storyline to be like, you, uh, we want you to feel like you're the second choice. Like, I feel like that's what production Absolute, is doing to Rachel. Absolutely. And I really feel for her. They keep, like, sending her people that she's excited about who are like, I'm more into Gabby. Yeah. Um. And so a bunch of the men are just, like, talking her ears off about inane things, like how much Colin's like, I love Harry Potter. I listen to all the books on Audible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, Colin, as someone who did, as a child, listen to Harry Potter books on tape narrated by Jim Dale to fall asleep, like, he (laughs) is really talented, Um, but perhaps that's not, like, first date, limited time material to bring up. But she things take a turn for her when she sits down with Logan. And Logan has clearly, like, thought about what he likes about both the women Uh. and come, come with a prepared speech. He's like, just something I really admire about you, Rachel, is how brave, brave you, you are. are. Uh, You're so brave for jumping uh, back into this process. And when I danced in my Speedo, I was just emulating you as a brave person. So cheesy. I thought that was so rehearsed <laughs> and so cheesy. I, I it was, felt like he had prepped a bit. He absolutely had prepped. It, he had to spend some time thinking about that because that was a real shoehorn. How you get from she's... Uh, but the other thing is, is like, like, yes, she is a, like, I guess like she's there to find love again, but also she's a freaking pilot. <laughs> That's that right. requires yeah. bravery. What's the braver thing she's done? Yes. Come like, back. I don't on know. The we saw her we saw her like fly a tiny 
tiny plane into California. over to Gabby in yeah. the first episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? It was just so weird. I was like, what are you like? This is what you went for. I mean, but I mean, Rachel liked it though. You know what I'm saying? Rachel liked it. I think Logan is one of those dudes that like is just really easy to get along with. And when he kind of looks at, he like makes eye contact. Mm -hmm. He's someone that like loosens people up. And so you can see that when he zones in on you, you might be made to feel really special. Absolutely. Unfortunately for us watching, (laughs) this is undercut a little bit. Yeah. When we like immediately cut after he and Rachel make out to him sitting down with Gabby and being like, you know, Gabby, Something I really love about you is you make people laugh, but also there is a whole ocean of depth Mm-mm. beneath that humor. It's somehow worse than the bravery comment. <laughs> I don't yeah, know it how is. it's worse, but it's worse. This is a man who's like full of metaphors, but they're all like slightly off. I know. It's weird too, because like, okay, so he has so Logan has this quality that an old coworker of mine used to call like big cameraman energy. And I say this also, like my husband is, he's a film editor now, but he um, used to be um, an assistant camera operator who, you know, did like stuff on movies or um, TV or like sports games and things like that. And there is like an energy that like, I think people who are always on a set have or always having to like work with different groups of people, like somebody who's just really good at making friends, making connection, working together with people. Like you said, making them feel comfortable. That's a big, big, big cameraman thing. They just want you to feel comfortable so that you can do your thing in front of the camera. They can focus on you. Everybody's happy. We go home. But like, that is a very real skill. It's sort of like a, it's like a little bit of golden retriever energy, like with that, like, I don't know, like a chewy center of emotional intelligence, or maybe in Logan's case, feigned emotional intelligence and bad metaphors. But he's like, I feel like Logan is kind of like, like, at first I was like, oh, he's cute. I'm into it. But then I was like, you are exploiting your big cameraman energy on both of these women. Because he's he's a professional videographer. I totally see that. I know he's doing this That is great. I love that. I'm going to steal that term. That's fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, he really is giving that energy to both of these women. And... So right after, Gabby and Rachel have a little check-in. And Rachel is like, Mm. so I kiss Logan. I need you to know. And it is this funny dance they're both doing that, like, actually felt quite relatable to me between girlfriends Mm -hmm. where it's like, clearly neither of them are trying to risk their relationship Mm -hmm. for fucking Logan over here. (laughs) But also they're both there to be honest about who they're interested in and try to navigate this odd situation. And so you see them both be like, Rachel's like, well, I kiss Logan. I like him. But if you're really into him and Gabby's like, well, are you really into him? He's your type. Because if you're really into him and they're they sort of negotiating, mm-hmm. like, who's going to actually back down, but trying to do it in a way that is really, I think, respectful between yeah. the two of them. I think it's a really good signal of how things could go the rest of the season. Like, I ultimately think that they're always going to land and air on the side of like girl power. Same. Like, what is it? Chicks before dicks? Is that what people yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they're definitely gonna like like air on that side. But I I was I was excited by them sort of like so quickly having, 
you know, a moment with the same guy because I was like, oh, this is going to be so much good conflict. They handled it very well. But like just seeing how initially kind of awkward it was when there's really low stakes made me really curious to see how things are going to develop. Yeah, I think that, you know, we know at a certain point that they are going to make the dudes kind of pick a track. And I think that they the production is clearly being really careful to like they want to mine that conflict and drama, Mm -hmm. but they don't want it to go so far that it feels like the women are in totally in opposition to each other because the audience is going to be so sensitive to that. So you can see them sort of like walking that line and Rachel and Gabby also trying to like figure out how how do I navigate this? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it seems like Gabby is the one who's like, okay, um, you seem to be really into him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm back and down. She gives Rachel the green light. Rachel gives her group date rose to Logan and Gabby gives hers to Johnny because she likes a man who appreciates her wide-ranging vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I Johnny wasn't a big draw for me, but no, if me Gabby's either. into it, I'm into it. I also think that like Gabby, I think that Johnny was probably Gabby's second choice. I think after Logan, truthfully. And I think that she yeah, just wanted to be a good I sport. agree. I was actually disappointed we didn't get to see Gabby interacting with Jason because it's clear from the previews that they're going to have, a, have a good thing. And yeah. I wonder if Jason's just kind of a more reserved dude, so he's not, like, rising to the fore yet. But, okay, it's time for us to take a quick break. But we'll be right back with the one-on-one dates. Can you keep up? I like If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head-to-toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is, like, the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually 
work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we are back, and it is time for Rachel's one-on-one. The next morning, Jesse brings Rachel's one-on-one date card to the Bachelor Mansion. And I just want to say that Jesse continues to have the most chaotic, like, who can say what the fuck is going on this season energy? Like every step of the way, he's like, what will they do? What will happen? How how could I, a man employed by this show to host it, possibly know <laughs> what could be happening? Who can say? Is this his first season hosting a Bachelorette? This is his first Bachelorette season. Yeah. How do you feel about him? So I was disappointed that they didn't ultimately like hire a woman Mm. to to be the host. Like, I really enjoyed Caitlin and Tasha's energy mm-hmm. yeah. when they were hosting. Um, I thought that was fun. But I will say that in advance of this uh, season, Claire and I re-watched the premiere of Caitlin and Britt's season of The Bachelorette, mm-hmm. the last time they did The Two Bachelorettes. Mm-hmm. And watching Chris Harrison navigate this made me really appreciate Jesse. Because <laughs> Jesse is like... Jesse is just like a consummate host. He's yeah. fine. He's there. He's not creepy. He seems like a nice yeah. dude. He has like some amount of jokiness about it. Like he doesn't take it too too seriously. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm fine with you. Yeah, I found him to be kind of like, he was kind of like a good sport. That was the note that I had about him. I was yes. like, seems like a good sport. That Oh, that is that is exactly the energy he's bringing. He's just like, I'm here. I'm rolling with it. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking go. <laughs> so he brings the date card, and the date goes to drag racer Jordan V. <sighs> and the date card says, love is in the air. And this is the guy that told Rachel night one, like, I'm here for you. 
Yes. And I I think Jordan V is sweet. I thought he was sweet. I thought it was I thought I also thought that their date, like the date that they ended up going on together. This was a I thought it was a pretty great date. I so it Rachel was a like great date. So just to set the scene, Rachel picks Jordan up in like a snazzy blue convertible and drives him over to the tarmac for a zero gravity plane ride. And I just want to say that the last time this was done on the Bachelor franchise was during Nick Vile's season of The Bachelor. And his date, Vanessa, who ultimately went on to win the season, just vomited the entire time. Oh my God. So I will say that this zero gravity plane ride goes better. It looked fun. way better. Oh my gosh. They were able to kiss <laughs> at least because he wasn't throwing up. Oh my God. Yeah, he was not like vomiting multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> Sweet Jordan is scared of heights, so he's, like, freaking out a little bit. And Rachel is like, I'm a pilot. Like, this is great. He's like, are you are you scared, too? And she's like, no. <laughs> I, she kind of thought it was cute that he was scared because he's, like, always yeah. – he, he's, like, a drag racer. He's always, he's like, in racer. so much danger. And that he was kind of, like, nervous. Even he said he's like, if I was here by myself, I would be, like, curled up in a ball. Yeah, he's like, he's like look, I do high speeds. I do not do heights. <laughs> <laughs> But it was cute. They like kissed. I, I thought it was kind of romantic. I thought I it was it. so romantic. I actually really liked it. They were like float. It also just looked really fun. Yes. They were floating around doing like joking, like one arm push ups. Yes. And like kissing and then like not knowing how to navigate zero gravity. So they're like floating away from each other. Yes. I literally was like, this looks so. I literally wrote, this shit looks so fun. And Make this sure is one do. of the ways. Yes, I totally agree. This is one of the ways that I feel like. Um, this season is like fucking with all of our expectations mm-hmm. in a in a way that is exciting. Like this date gets the full sweeping romantic music cues, and for yes. date one, yes. the person always stays. Right? Yeah. No, I. That's why I was. I was literally like, I was like the scoring. What? Like question yes. mark? Because it was just so overwhelming. Like you, I really felt like with the music, they were trying to be like, these people are falling in exactly. love right now. They the were foundation. like, this is it. Prince Charming yeah. shit. Like we're here for it. Uh, and so I was like, okay, business as usual. Like we're heading in a good direction here. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Jordan. Wrote, getting a rose. Yes. Right. That was my, in my exact reaction. Mm-hmm. They head to their night date in like a palatial old theater um, and Rachel is dressed in like pure bachelorette red. Like Love I feel it. like every bachelorette has worn this color. Mm-hmm. It is. She's in a red sparkly mini dress. Her hair is pulled back in like an elegant high pony. She looks great. She looks great. She looked really cute. And Jordan just seems so into her. Yes. And we get like, what did you think of their conversation okay. during dinner? So. I thought their conversation, I mean, maybe, I mean, you're much more of an expert than I am, but I thought their conversation actually was going, was going well. Like he asked, she asked about his family. And to me, asking about family on shows like this to me is like a dead giveaway that we're going to get deep and that we're going to get a little bit emotional. And um, especially like sort of like whatever the person's initial like reaction to that question is, he obviously got very tender. He got very sort of like downshifted. Um, 
And I could tell that he was going to share something that was either going to be painful or a little sad. And so he starts talking about his siblings and how he's the oldest and how he always felt like he really was responsible for them and had to care for them because when he was younger, uh, when they were younger, their parents got divorced. And a lot of the communication between the two parents, as far as caring for the kids or whatever, went through him as the oldest child. And that seemed like a lot of responsibility. So I'm sitting there like, okay, he's not afraid to show that he is afraid, right? In front of this woman. He's not afraid to be vulnerable and be like, oh, I'm scared of like the zero G thing. I'm afraid of heights. Um, He's a drag racer. So he totally understands like kind of having that fearlessness that she also has to have as a pilot. Um, And he came and he's like, I'm there for you. Like, I'm. this is why I'm here. And he's opening up and sharing about his family. And I think they're both crying. So I'm sitting there like, wow. This is going really well. Like he's opening up about his past and his family and his parents' relationship. And I felt like they were really making a connection. I did too. I was like, this is a great match for Rachel. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that therein lies the problem is that this is a classic situation Mm. of a perfect on paper guy. Mm. Like he is hitting all the notes that she said she wanted. And you can see Rachel start to panic at at this time. Because I think, you know, if you're someone who's gone on, like if you've online dated, sometimes mm-hmm. you swipe right on someone that you're really excited about. Mm-hmm. You go out with them and they're saying all the things and you're just like, I can't, I don't feel that thing. Mm. I don't feel that like pull or that sexual tension. I don't really want to like touch this person. Mm-hmm. And that seems maybe like a prerequisite for a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. But Rachel's the bachelorette and she knows how this shit works. Mm -hmm. And she knows that she's supposed to be giving someone a rose when they open up and they like hit all the right notes. But she like is not a good actress and she can't really fake it. And this is not a hinge date where Mm -mm. you can just be like, oh, I have to get up early tomorrow. It was so nice (laughs) to meet you. And then like never go out with them again. She has to like either give him the green light by way of a rose that Mm. she's really into him or has to kick him off of an entire show in order to no longer date him. And at this point, we see Rachel get up and have a side chat with a producer. And I think that we have a clip of this chat. It's not him. It's not. I I feel, oh my God. It's just hard because... He's like this incredible guy. I don't want to be the one that sends an incredible guy home. I felt for her. I felt for her too. I mean, I mean, a part of me was like, I, I hated the just the play the game. So, yeah, part of me was like, just play the game. Give this guy a rose. Like, there's you. There's plenty of guys in the house, right? That you can see that this guy Jordan V is, you know, is definitely a little bit more viable. You know what I'm saying? You, can, you see he's more viable than at least five or six or seven of the other guys in the house that I can think of. Like just, yeah, just at keep a moment's him around. notice. My thought was like, <laughs> just keep him around. But I could also see how if they were supposed to be this, like she knew how the rest of the date was supposed to go. There was supposed to be this like private concert for the two of them in this theater with these two country singers who <laughs> my husband had left the room <laughs> during the date. So he didn't get a good look at Rachel or Jordan B. And so he comes back. Um, Cause of course, like, Rachel dismisses uh, Jordan V from the date before the country singers sing. So my husband comes back and he's like, 
I, I was like, oh, I was like, that's too bad. They're not going to work out. And he was like, they should keep singing together, though. He's like, they are so <laughs> talented. Like, he literally thought that. Oh, my God. Like, He's like, is this Bachelor listen to your heart? Because yeah. I'm impressed. He was like, give them Whoa. both roses. Yeah. He was like, they should sing, though. Like, they are so talented. I was like, no. It's almost like they're professional. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, weird. This is not them. This is not the couple. This is like a country duo that is really giving a beautiful performance. But I think because Rachel knew how the rest of the date was supposed to go, like that they were supposed to like have this like beautiful dinner and then have this concert and then probably sit and hold hands and kiss all evening. I think if she knew that she was not up to that, then like, you know what I'm saying? Like she'd be forcing herself to go through this dinner I and mean, right. go through this date that she just did not want to be on. She's so relatable. Yeah. Like I related to her in this moment. I was like, the practical side of me was like, come on, this dude is nice. It'll be fine to yeah. keep him around a little bit longer. Like he could fade into the background. Like just give him the rose. On the other hand, I have been on those dates where you just are like, mm. I don't want to fake it because that feels awful. Yeah. And I just want this to end. And so I kind of, I, and I also enjoyed the shakeup of the form mm -hmm. where you get this curveball thrown where she like tearfully, you know, returns to the table and she's like, there's just something that's missing for me tonight. And I just don't want to bring you into next week knowing that I can't get there with you. And so she does walk sweet Jordan out and mm -hmm. is, as you mentioned, punished by having to sit in a dark corner and listen to a private concert by Ashley Cook and Brent Young by herself instead of, you know, with making out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I have a question. So are the stakes always like that on those sort of like first dates? It's like either you get the rose or you go home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. On these one-on-ones, but almost always because they're so early on, mm -hmm. like if the person doesn't do something egregious, they're going to get the rose. So this is really, really unusual. And I think that they encouraged her to do this because mm -hmm. I think they had a sense, one, that Gabby's date would go better. Mm -hmm. And two, they are kind of trying to push this feeling that Rachel has in herself as she expresses she says, quote, I never expected to be The Bachelorette, so it's hard to feel like I deserve it. I yes. don't want to be Rachel The Bachelorette. I just want to be Rachel. And so I think they're like, this is great emotional turmoil here. Like, yes. just show her not being able to be into these dudes and not having the ones she likes like her. And, like, she's going to break down eventually. Absolutely. I 100% think that Rachel is going to break down. I think that they were looking for, I think you're absolutely right that like production is looking for ways to sort of like figure out where her insecurities are, her soft spots are, and um, really magnify them for our viewing <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I, what I was really like, I, I was sitting talking to my husband and I was like, oh, I was like, I think at some point like they're going to, fight this season, like the two bachelorettes. I was like, uh, he was like, fight? I was like, I don't know if they're going to fight, but like one of them is going to feel like absolute shit and the other one's going to be having a perfectly fine time. I didn't know it would happen so quickly. And I also didn't know that Rachel would kind of like, it, to me, it felt like at points, like I kind of wanted Rachel, again, I understood the decision that she made with Jordan B on the first date, but I, I kind of wish that she had like, mentally taken a step back and just been like, mm -hmm. look, I know I've had some rough, like my rough first weird little speed dates, like were weird. Like they didn't really work out the way I wanted them to work out. I have to shake this off and just like yeah. try to keep a clear head on this date and not eliminate somebody who, you know, maybe down the line, I might 
actually be into. The other thing that I was thinking about too, I think, not to criticize Rachel too much, I think she messed up by choosing for a first date the guy who was like, I'm here for you. I'm sh- I know that that was like obviously supposed to be sort of like working in opposition to the experience that she had um, with, I forgot the guy's name, but the guy who, who said that he was there to talk to Gabby. Oh, Jason. Jason, yes. yeah. I know that like she was probably feeling a little bit bruised in the Jason thing, or at least production wanted us to feel that she was bruised and or, it was just like, well, you know who you could talk to is this guy who said he was here for you. I really, I I mean, we're going to get to Gabby's date, but I think part of the reason why Gabby's date was so much more successful is because Gabby um, really seemed to be tapped into like just trying to connect with somebody that she liked. And I yes. I feel like because Rachel's so mentally caught up, as you mentioned, in the fact that she feels like she she doesn't deserve it or she shouldn't be there or, oh, everybody's here for Gabby and they're not here for me. Um, I think because she's kind of getting psyched out, I think she's losing sight of like, what do I actually want in yes. a partner? And she's not really filtering such, for that. Right such now. a good point, Brittany. That is so true. And I think it's also in these moments that you really see the age difference between these two women. Like mm. Rachel's in her mid-20s mm-hmm. and Gabby's in her early 30s. And mm. those are some really key years, especially if you are someone who is single during those years. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is a time of self-exploration where you really often, if you are single and dating, like figure out how to filter properly, what you actually want, what you should actually value. And a lot of that happens in like trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I think that, in that way, like Rachel just sort of walked into this with a deficit of knowledge that Gabby has probably acquired over the course of those those years. Such a good point. Absolutely. You can you can totally, totally, totally see the difference in the way that they're approaching. Um, I don't want to say playing the game, but it is a game. Um, you can totally see the yeah. difference in the way that they're both approaching playing the game. Yeah, I totally agree. So now we have to get back to Chris because back at the house... Chris. The men are just, you know, sitting around doing their favorite pastime, which is talking about which of the girls they own personally. Mm. Uh, and Chris is like, you know, who's spending time with my girl? And they're like, well, who's your girl? And he says, he's open to both women and uh, obviously plans to be around until the end. Again, the hubris of this man to say this shit to a group of the other oh dudes, God. like wild, <laughs> wild behavior, not strategic. And then he just seemingly out of nowhere is like, but let me tell you about my sexual deal breakers. No one asked. No one asked. No one asked. And I think we do. We have a a brief clip of some of what he says. For me, it would be a deal breaker if we got down to the final four, which I plan to be in. And we go into fantasy suite and we have this sexual experience. And then the person who I'm most interested in decides that she's going to have sex with multiple people and feel it out, that would be the situation where I'd go, okay, I'm out. What did you What did you think about this? Brittany? I literally wrote down, Chris, why are you on the show in all caps <laughs> and talking about the fantasy suite? Three question marks. My thing is, I'm like, dude, you, you signed up to be on The Bachelor. So you know that like, there's a certain amount of like, you know, like hooking up that people do. And it's not necessarily monogamous at that point in time. The goal is to kiss a lot of frogs until you find your prince. If you're not comfortable with being an option, 
which is exactly what you are. You're sleeping in a house, in a bunk bed, (laughs) at best in a bunk bed (laughs) with 25 other dudes. If you don't understand that you're an option for these women, by the way, at this point, I didn't realize this literally toward the end of the episode. At this point, he actually hasn't even had an interaction with either one of the women. He has not sat down to speak with either of them one-on-one, which makes this all even wilder. And you can see the other men are just like sitting there with dumbstruck looks on their faces being like, did he just say that out loud at this moment? Like what is going on? I don't know. Also, here. like, how does how do you handle dating in real life then? You know, I'm like, do it's, you just make a woman become your monogamous girlfriend until you guys have sex? I mean, I guess some people do that, but I don't know. How do I put this? Chris doesn't strike me as a man um, who wants that kind of agreement to go both ways. You know what I mean? No, no. I think it's he's he's really only looking looking at what he feels entitled to exactly. from the women that he dates. I don't I haven't seen him really take any responsibility for what he will be like providing a potential partner or a potential date. He's just very focused on like I will be there because I am me and I deserve to be. <laughs> exactly. So I don't really know what else is necessary here. Like I don't need to speak to these women. I'll Duck. just I'll be there. And this seems to really stick with the dudes. A couple hours later, the guys are having another chat and Quincy brings up again to a group, which includes Chris. He's like, this happened like you spoke on a fantasy room. I loved that Quincy keeps calling the fantasy suites the fantasy rooms. (laughs) I thought that was adorable. And Chris like immediately goes pretty hard at Quincy, who is clearly like younger and speaks with less authority than than Chris does. Mm -hmm. And Chris is like, oh, be clear, be clear when you speak. What are you saying about me? Like, it is just, he goes, he pivots to that kind of tone like really quickly. It's so weird and gaslighting. And I'm like, if you're being gaslighted to the other dudes in the house, what are you going to do when you get alone with one of these women? Right. So Chris reiterates his point. He's like, my personal perspective is that if you're in a situation where there's four people and there's four people invited to this fantasy suite and the female in this situation has sex with someone else, I wouldn't be interested in that person being the person I'm with. First of all, always a red flag for me when a man refers to women as females. Yeah. Uh, really like automatic, like red card. Nope. Like I don't like it. Mm-mm. But at this point, you know, all most of these men have seen Gabby and Rachel's season with Clayton. And they know that a huge point of contention was this negotiation of sexual boundaries mm-hmm. and that a lot of shit went down because those boundaries and deal breakers were not clear. So mm-hmm. Jordan, I think rightly, is like, Chris, like, if you feel this strongly and you're talking about it right now, when do you plan to bring this up? Like, are you going to tell them that you feel this way before you get to fantasy suites? If you And like, and Chris is like, well, I don't know. I, I mean, it depends. And then he cuts everyone off from giving any commentary and is Weird. like, well, what I'm not interested in is you guys' way of going about this process. That literally, I'm like, so you gave everybody unsolicited information right. about your sexual preferences that have nothing to do with what's happening in reality because you've like, never spoken to But I will not be ex- accepting any questions at this time. This was it's a so one-way weird. press conference. Weird. I just don't understand who he thinks he is. It was just that so... everybody would be so interested in exactly. him or his opinions. 
it was very entitled and it was just also very un- untactical. Like it was bad gameplay. Hmm. He also then like solidly steps into wrong reasons territory, which we know is is not a good move. Mm-mm. And he's like, yeah, if you get to the final four, it doesn't mean you're in love. It just means you made it to the final four. And Jordan's like, oh, so it's a game? Right. It's I a saw game that. to you. I was like, dude, what are you talking? He's like, uh, like don't yeah, this say that. Because one of the guys was like, well, if this is happening, it's because like you're, you know, you're falling in love, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh, it just means I got to the final four. And I was just like, <laughs> again, what are you, why, why are you here? What's going like, on? Again, sir, like what is happening? You seem to think you're very well informed. And at the same time, you are like doing all the wrong moves. It's just, and you're, you just seem like a dick, which is what the other men seem to have concluded by this point. They just all seem like very turned off by Chris, Mm -hmm. which is fair because he is just trying to dictate the terms of all conversations at all times. And like, seems completely incapable of responding to criticism. Logan like tries to be diplomatic and is like, look, Chris, like maybe you don't mean to be condescending, but you're being really condescending right now. Chris does not respond to this. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Nate steps in and lays down some important truths. I think we have a clip. Anytime that you have a premeditated thought of you won't do this unless that, that is a form of control and that is manipulative. This could be our queen. This could be the mother of our children. And this could be someone we spend the rest of our lives with. You cannot have preconditions to love. It's just a form of control that a lot of men just don't realize that they do that damages good women. I love Nate. <laughs> I, okay, first of all, I love Nate. I love Nate so much. I love him. Um, his, now, I'll say this. Typically on seasons of The Bachelorette, we're like, it's, it's, which feels like most of them, um, where like some guy starts talking about the fantasy suite and says some sort of like, sexually terrifying thing. And then the other guys are like, Hey, don't talk like that. Um, typically the guys who enter, who like make a big show of interrupting that kind of conversation are guys that end up not liking and who are a little bit too, like trying to play the game. Yes. Like getting into the conflict and sort of performing, like do like, uh, like yes, some sort of territory. And typically the guys who like, yes, get into the conversation and also, um, then later go and tell the batch bachelorettes. Then I'm I'm sort of like mm, I'm not into that guy. So like when Nate first pops up and and I had noticed him before my husband began calling him Killmonger because um, he had <laughs> has a very similar haircut to Michael B. Jordan. He in does. The Black oh my god! And I didn't put it together at first. My husband was like, "Oh, Killmonger." He's like so cheesy. He's so cheesy. Uh, well, I really need your husband kid. to just like pop in and give some like key insights. Just, you know, <laughs> respond to some visuals, like word association style. I know, because he's very he really, helpful. he gets it. Um, but I, uh, I mean, later in the episode, I was really, I, I began to really, I saw this interaction that he was having um, with Chris very differently. Once I got to know him better, I was like, oh, I yeah. think this might be a little corny, but like pretty genuine. Um, but I was just glad that somebody jumped in and and got Chris together because he and this like ugh. shut it down. Like ugh. there was nothing to say beyond that. this. And he, I also liked that he wasn't he wasn't doing the thing where he's like, oh, you you think love is a game, or oh, you like don't talk about my woman that way. He was just like, what you're saying is controlling mm-hmm. and shitty. Full stop. And stop. Mm-hmm. And it was just like really nice thing 
to see because so much of what we see when men are like bonding over talking about women together is like really unfortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. And this this seemed like a positive interaction. And at this point, Gabby's date card arrives at the house and Nate is getting this date. Mm. And I was so excited. And the date card says, meet me at my place. Love, Gabby. P.S. Bring a bathing suit. Mm. And Nate responds to this in the most pure and like childlike, adorable way. He's like, <laughs> it literally feels like I just won the lottery. <laughs> He just seems so surprised that it's him, and that made me like him so much more. I know. I honestly, I was kind of surprised it was him just because I hadn't. um, I mean, I know that they're trying to feel out all of the guys, but I hadn't felt like their attention had really rested. Either of their attention had really rested on Nate too much by that point. There must have been like some sort of something vibe between him and Gabby that we just like hadn't really gotten that like hadn't gotten a lot of Mm airtime. But. It's just very cute. And the morning of their date, Rachel and Gabby are sitting in bed for another girl chat. Mm -hmm. And Gabby's like, I'm a little nervous that I'm not going to like Nate because you didn't like Jordan. (laughs) And Rachel's like, look, just be honest with yourself. And Gabby is like, yes, thank you for that great advice. And at the same time, Nate and the rest of the men are also really shaken by Jordan V's departure. They're like, oh, no. Is this going to happen to Nate also? Mm -hmm. Like were nervous. I was nervous. But Nate is sitting here preparing. I was like, they're not, I was like, we've seen too many previews of Nate. He's like, he's got to stick around. But he is like, of course, getting ready, wearing his signature pearls. Love that. I love, he's such a good accessorizer. He's, I love his nose ring. I'm like so into men with nose rings. Mm -hmm. Very hot. And the pearl, like he just, he rocks those pearls. I love them. Um, and he shares with the camera and with all of us that the thing he wants to share with Gabby is that he's a dad. Mm-hmm. And like, I had no idea he's a dad, he, that he was a dad. I don't remember seeing that in his bio. Mm-hmm. His daughter like isn't really on his Instagram, which like, of course, a lot of people don't want to share their kids mm-hmm. publicly. But this was, it was kind of nice to learn information that felt really new. I was like, oh, okay, I understand this new layer about this guy. Yeah. Um, and he just like starts tearing up, just talking to the camera about how much he loves his daughter. Like, it was so cute. It was really cute. Oh. It was really cute. Was I, so cute. Um, yeah, that was like something, I mean, a question I always have whenever I see people with kids on these reality shows is I'm like, why aren't you with your kid now? But I put that in the back of my head because I actually, I had, Nate had caught my eye um, earlier in the episode, just something about the way, he has a very, genuine and casual way of addressing the camera that not too many of the other guys have where I was like, oh, this guy seems smart and charming and engaging. And I saw that he was an electrical engineer and from the Midwest. And I was like that, like, I was like, this guy is a package right here. Like that. And he wore a really great, like uh, red wine colored suit on Mm -hmm. night one. Mm -hmm. And I was very into that as well. He stood out. He did. So Nate arrives at the house and immediately he and Gabby just have that like really fun energy. And I think this speaks to what you were saying earlier, Brittany, about Gabby kind of reading people's energy and just Mm -hmm. being like, oh, I had a good connection with him. I think I'm going to like him. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. She seems to trust those instincts in herself, not just like, does this dude like me, but am I going to, going to like them? Exactly. And I also have to say that I love that we get to see where the leads are living this season. It makes the whole process feel so much more natural. And like, I loved seeing Nate 
pop over yeah. and him and Gabby pop some champagne and like offer some to Rachel, who's just sitting there sipping her coffee without makeup on because she clearly has a couple hours of rest <laughs> time. Yeah. And it just like made the whole thing feel much more lived in. I mm-hmm. I liked it. And also like, that's totally a thing if you have a roommate. Yes. And they're going out with someone yes. and they come over and you meet them. Like, <laughs> yes. Didn't that feel familiar? Yes. And I love it because like it gives them something to sort of like have girl talk about later. Like when they sort yes. of like, oh, I saw you and you sound like you were gonna have a really good time. I noticed that he did XYZ. I liked what he was wearing or I didn't like what he was wearing. Like all of that stuff is such a natural part of friendship. I thought it was so, 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 so cute. Also, I feel like showing the guys where the bachelorettes are living is also a really good way of keeping the guys in their place. Like, I yes. saw how excited Eric was like, oh, this is where you guys are living? And that, excuse me, not Eric. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're like, oh, this is nicer than our house. Yeah, that house. was another one of the guys. There is like, a yeah. helipad next yeah, to this house. I know. Nate was like, whoa, this place is really nice. Like, I'm really into this. Um, it kind of, I don't know. It was interesting to sort of, I, I think it gave him the right mental attitude of like, oh, this is how she's living. Like, remember, I need to impress her. I need to impress her. Because I think sometimes the guys get it confused on the show. Oh, yeah. They get a little entitled. They get a little bit in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, Nate and Gabby just have some like immediate great energy. They make out super early on, which I loved. It felt very natural. Mm -hmm. And Nate is like, my first kiss with Gabby was magical. Her lips are so soft. Mm -hmm. It was so cute. (laughs) He's just like giddy. At this point, of course, because this is The Bachelorette, a helicopter pulls up (laughs) to the mansion on the helipad, very casual, and whisks them off for a ride over the Bachelor mansion Mm -hmm. so that they can wave to the other men and make them feel extra jealous. Mm -hmm. But this date is just going really well. They're like laughing about roller coasters and giggling. And Gabby's like, it just feels like I'm on a first date with a guy I'm super into. I felt like- And we all know that feeling. Yeah. And it's such a good feeling. And I- I such a good feeling. Felt like that, like when they were kissing in the helicopter, I totally believed it. I was like, oh- Me too. Like their attraction to each other is very, very genuine. I was like, this guy is going to to final four Mm -hmm. for Gabby. Mm -hmm. And I could see him being- the next bachelor if he doesn't end up with Gabby. Totally agree. I mean, that guy is a winner. Oh my god. He's gosh. a winner. He's like he's a single dad, which we know this show loves. Mm-hmm. He has like he just has great camera presence also. Yes. Like you can tell he has the charisma to carry a show, which mm-hmm. is an important quality. I'm just just planting the seeds now. No, I'm Nate, into Nate it. for Bachelor mm. if if Gabby uh ends up not wanting to I will be with say him. I did wonder why he was single. But I could, like on one hand, I'm like, I'm like, mm, why are you single? Like you're hot, you can dress, you have a normal, cool job like that actually pays very well, and you're a single dad. But I could see maybe like, um, he probably, I could see him being somebody who meets a lot of people because he's like on top of all of that, he's just super engaging and really cool. Um, but maybe is looking for a special someone because he's a single dad. Yeah, I think that might make it a little bit more challenging to sustain relationships Mm -hmm. if he's, like, looking for someone who's also down to, like, become a bonus parent. Like, that is a big – that is something big to take on. I loved Gabby's attitude about that, too, where um, when he does eventually reveal that he has a daughter, that her thought was, like, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet, but it's too early for me to think about that. Like, best attitude. I thought that was so perfect. Oh, I completely agree. So they ultimately land uh, in their helicopter in front of a wooden hot tub. And I was really giggling at the thought of like 
bachelor interns being dispatched to this like concrete <laughs> like tarmac to set up a mobile hot tub and put out some <laughs> bottles of champagne. Yes. Loved it. I also loved seeing the two of them get in the hot tub and joke about how they're both like so mature. They're like, I've never met a mature man. I've never met a mature woman. I'm like, oh, you're both in your 30s. I so love cute. that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I I mean, I, I, I felt like they, um, when things finally progressed to the hot tub, I could see, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, this is only the first part of the date. Um, whereas like, of course this, like in the, the hot tub being the second part of the date, of course, the second part of the date for Rachel is where things fall apart. But I could see by the time they, that Gabby and Nate got in the hot tub, I was like, yeah, oh, you're like, there's no going, problem. They're off to the races. There yeah. is, there's no issue here. No. So they transition into the night portion of the date at Union Station and Gabby is wearing just like a beautiful silky lilac dress and has her hair pulled up in a like messy chignon. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Gabby's style, she has such a distinct fully formed style mm -hmm. that the stylist has really been able to do a good job um, of, of like harnessing and elevating that style for the show. Like you get a sense of who Gabby is from her clothes. And Absolutely. 100% It's agree. so nice. 100% agree. I felt like that too. I also felt like the color was such a bold choice. Like she was really- I loved it. I thought it was really confident. And also like um, Rachel looked, I thought she looked so cute on her date. I thought she looked great. But like you said, it was a very bachelorette choice. It was like short, strappy, red, sparkly. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like <laughs> every bachelorette, like the classic bachelorette dress has at least three of those qualities. Yes. Whereas I was really, <laughs> uh, and they don't always look like things that, your average like 25, 30 year old woman would wear out. Whereas I really took notice on that date. I was like, oh, like not only is Gabby wearing something that I think I would see a lot of women wearing, I mm -hmm. also could see that her style was a little bit more daring and trendy in a way that I actually felt really complimented Nate's look. I agree. I agree. It felt like a good fit, like visually. It was, it was really cool. And it's just, you, you forget sometimes that like the styling is a big part of what we receive when we're watching a show like this. Mm. And so it really does matter. And you get a sense of, of Gabby's personality through that. And I'm really enjoying, I'm really into her style. Mm -hmm. But they sit down and Nate pretty quickly is like, I want to tell you, Gabby, that I am a father. I'm a father to a beautiful baby girl who is six. And I think we have a clip of this exchange. Mm like a pocket in my heart just just burst open the first time you know she said dad or the first time she told me she loved me the first time like i felt her her hug me like it's it's just i'm i'm a girl dad a thousand percent <laughs> so sweet oh thank you please don't make me cry oh my gosh oh, oh my god i'm like tearing up just me listening too. to it it's so <laughs> and you could see the two of them it was like one of them started to tear up and the other one started to tear up it was just it was a really, really beautiful moment. And you could tell that it hit Gabby in a particular way because she is, as anyone who's watched Clayton's season knows that her relationship with her parents mm -hmm. is very specific. Like she's very, very close with her father mm -hmm. and he's a huge part of her life. So I'm sure that part of it really hit her. Yeah. And also she doesn't really have a relationship with her mom. She's had to really draw boundaries because as she explains, like, her mother didn't really provide a healthy model of what it means to be loved by mm -hmm. a parent when she was growing up. And that 
has really impacted her and her relationship with her father stands in contrast to that. And so you could see how moved she was Mm -hmm. by the fact that Nate puts his daughter kind of in the center of his world Mm -hmm. and is clearly knows her so well and loves her so much. Yeah. I mean, like the the fact that he was able to point to all these specific moments in in like, you know, in his relationship with his daughter where, you know, like he said, just make made his heart like just, you know, burst in his chest like it was it felt really natural and real. And I think that um, despite some of Gabby's reservations about obviously this process and mm-hmm. some stuff with her own mother and her relationship to each of her parents, like she was able to, I think, really receive just his excitement and his love um, yes. that he shared for his daughter, like that he decided to also share um, with Gabby. Like she really received it really well, despite all of this other stuff going on. She did. You could see her really taking it in. And that's always something I love from the leads. I think we see it happen much more naturally when the leads are women, to be honest, because <laughs> women just in general tend to be tend to be pretty good at like really active listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a beautiful exchange. And as you said earlier, I love that Gabby was like, okay, back of my mind, I'm going to put a pin in it right now. Mm-hmm. But I, it is something I need to consider about like the possibility of a future with Nate. Like, Mm -hmm. am I ready for my life to also be centered around a child in this moment? Because like, she also clearly is very sensitive to what it means when a person becomes a parent and isn't really ready to take that Mm -hmm. on. And I don't think that she would ever, ever want to, to do that, risk doing that herself. Absolutely. I thought it was just, it was, it felt really natural in their whole, I mean, even after that, like, tearful sort of, like, you know, I guess I wouldn't say confession, but even after he um, shared that with her about his daughter, um, the rest of their date continued to dovetail beautifully and it, like, ended with them, like, having a cute little jokey dance dance together. It was so cute. In front of the information booth, I was like, ah, this (laughs) is some, like, very nice, like, engagement uh, photo shoot. Absolutely. (laughs) It was definitely giving engagement photo shoot. But yeah, I just felt their connection was really easy, natural, and it felt organic. They seem like people that would have vibed even outside of this context. 100% agree. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will be discussing the ultimate downfall of Chris. Can you keep up? I like The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quinn's cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back. And after this beautiful date, we head back to the Bachelor Mansion where the men are all starting to panic because it is time for a cocktail party and a real rose ceremony. They are not all going to be able to skate by this week just by, like, not exclusively doing magic. (laughs) They are going to have to show up a, a little bit, a little bit better. Um, and a lot of them, like, haven't had any dates except for that, like, pageant, which was pretty one-sided mm-hmm. this this week. So Rachel and Gabby arrive at the ma- mansion and chat with Jesse in the driveway. And Jesse's like, again, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. How do you, <laughs> ladies, how do you decide which of you gets which dude if you both like them? And they're like, calm down, Jesse. It's been four days. We'll We'll <laughs> get to that. It's too early. And he's like, noted, go forth. Rachel is wearing a black gown with some, like, midsection cutouts and, like, embellishments mm-hmm. and some statement earrings. Mm-hmm. Her hair is is long and straight, middle part, of yep. course. Mm-hmm. And Gabby is giving, like, old Hollywood vibes to me. Like, 
bodycon sparkly gown yeah. with a severe side part and like soft waves. Mm-hmm. Mermaid, it, mermaid like tail yes, on the dress. Yes. I thought it looked really great on her. Yeah, me too. What did you think of Rachel's look? I felt like Rachel's look, again, like what the like what she wore on the date with Jordan V was very much like this is what the bachelorette stylists have picked out for me. Yeah. I felt like she um I don't know. I feel like actually, I think I think she is a really confident, really beautiful woman, and I would love to see some of like her personality come out through what she wears. And I felt yeah. like that dress was just not her personality. It kind of reminded like me. She of, looked beautiful. Yeah. She always looks beautiful, but yeah, it didn't feel. You didn't look at it and be like, "Oh, that really feels like Rachel." Rachel, yeah, and also too because Gabby had had such had made such specific style choices throughout all the rest of her dates, all the rest of the week, it felt like when she put on this really glamorous gown, I was like, oh, new side of Gabby. Whereas with Rachel, I just felt like, um, (laughs) I hate to sound like, (laughs) I hate to sound like an internet therapist, um, but I felt like she just wasn't dressing in her power. And I felt like that was actually kind of communicating where she was at emotionally by the end of this. Yes, that is so, that's an astute observation. I think that that is very true. But they get in there and they they have a strong opening. Rachel like addresses Jordan's exit during the welcome toast. Mm -hmm. And she's like, look, this is just a good reminder that one conversation can change everything. Mm. And Gabby does a great job of backing up her, you know, contractual BFF and is like, (laughs) I'm proud of Rachel. And they cheers to a great night and get the party started. And at this point, we see another round of men trying to figure out where to put their energy mm-hmm. because their time is limited. Mario, interestingly, has not really talked to Gabby since he got the first impression rose. Right. But he's like, well, I got to shoot my shot with Rachel now. I know. I saw that. I mean, and he shot, I mean, he shot his shot pretty hard. And it was, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty effective. It was he pretty like effective. takes. He's like, look, Rachel, I'm a I'm a personal trainer. I'm going to take you through a mini workout. Mm. And by that, I mean I'm going to deadlift you while you giggle. That actually probably would have worked on me, I hate to say. Same, same. Yeah. I was like, I get it. It's like, especially when you're dressed up oh, yeah. and you've limited like, like her legs are, you There's know, it's no a mermaid style dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of mobility. And suddenly this cute guy is like picking you up in the air and oh, you're yeah. just, you can't stop laughing. Like I, it would have, it would have worked on me too. <laughs> but it was wild of course, because like you, you, Gabby could see out of the corner of right. her eye on the date that she was on with, I can't remember which guy, I feel so bad. Um, and I don't think it was important. I don't think it was important, but she was like looking over out of the corner of her eye and I was like, spicy, this is spicy. I know. And Mario seems to realize this after the fact when he's like, hmm, was that the correct move for me? Mm. But I, you know, I I like Mario. He mm-hmm. he clearly is able to hit it off with both women. Yeah. Uh, and Rachel, Rachel like gets some of that, you know, positive energy back mm-hmm. after like a kind of rough week. She, you know, has a great interaction with Tyler, who is our resident um, boardwalk game owner. <laughs> on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. He's like, here's some boardwalk basketball and we're going to play. And frankly, I appreciated that Rachel was adorably bad at the actual game because yes. I feel like we often get that like, 
oh, I'm such a cool girl that I'm actually like so good at sports. No, she was she could not even play like the gamified version of like you only have to shoot basketball. Yeah, like, and I was like, it. honestly, that might be me. And so I appreciate that um bad hand-eye coordinated coordination representation like that's what <laughs> I I need to make myself feel better but she like she like has a good attitude about it like they're laughing they're having a good time and Tyler is clearly like I'm here for Rachel yeah. I'm I'm into her and they kind of seem like well matched I think I agree. their energies I agree I agree Zach who I think we're gonna get more from next week mm-hmm. also makes a strong showing with Rachel he sets up a little like mini golf. Yeah, a little date. Putt, putt. It was cute. I thought <laughs> it that was, was really cute. cute. And yeah, she seems like, to be okay, into Zach. it too. She seems like she really likes the whole activity. Let's do stuff. She likes effort. Yeah. 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 She likes effort. And also, I think she likes um, I think that those are a really like good display of like confidence and creativity, I guess. And I think that she really, really responds to like a confident guy. I think that actually that yes. might have been what she was missing from with Jordan. With Jordan. For him to have been a, ra- oh, a drag racer, I felt like he was way more reserved and like sort of you know um, what? laid back. Than I think I you're thought. right because she is she is a very confident person. Like we see this in her later conversation mm-hmm. with Chris. Like she knows how to handle herself. She's mm-hmm. not a wallflower. No. But she can be a little bit reserved. And I think that she, you know, it's like even with Gabby, Gabby has this really gregarious energy and it brings that out in Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if she wants that in a partner. Like she needs someone who who is going to compliment her in that way. And she wasn't really getting that from Jordan. Yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely think so. But yeah, she loved the little putt-putt date. She was into it. It was really cute. Of course, Rachel's feeling great, finally having fun. Mm -hmm. And production's like, this cannot last. (laughs) We need you to get into some drama. So Jordan, Hayden, and Quincy are talking yet again about Chris's earlier comments. And they're like, do we need to tell them? It feels like to be good future husbands, we oh are legally obligated to. Was it was it Quincy who was like, if we don't say something right now, you know, down yes. the line, that's basically like we're lying to our wife. And I'm like, yes, I, I guess by the transitive property, I suppose. Right, you're like, um, okay, Quincy. I I love when the men do this, where they're like. The moral thing to do, it's like, not that I want to have this conversation and get Chris in trouble. It's just like, you know, I am morally obligated to whistleblow in this situation. (sighs) Hilarious. So they, as a group, I was glad actually that, that Quincy didn't just like take this only on himself. I agree. I think delivering this in a group made it, made it feel better. Yes. Um, And so he grabs Rachel, brings her over to Jordan and Hayden. And they're like, look, Chris was talking to a bunch of guys about fantasy suites. Mm -hmm. And he said he would walk out and leave if the woman he was with had sex with someone else. And Jordan's like, I asked him if he said if he would bring this up ahead of time. He couldn't answer the question. And Rachel's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Why the fuck is anyone talking Talking about about fantasy fantasy suites? We have not had one single actual rose ceremony. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys talking about sex in a group? That feels weird. And Quincy's like, no, no, no. Chris brought up the topic. It wasn't <laughs> us. It was just him. And Rachel's like, okay, I got to go talk to Gabby. She says, 
when I came into this, I didn't want to just like look like a girl that got brought to fantasy suites and sexualized in a way. Mm. The fact that Chris is already discussing ultimatums to try mm. and take control of our journey is extremely upsetting, which yeah. 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. And 100%. he had to go. He had to go. Oh my God. It was just, it was bad. So Rachel pulls Gabby aside and gives her a little recap. And Gabby is is just giving us the most beautiful and like, ho- uh, like appropriate, horrified, gaping mouth mm-hmm. reactions during this. She's like, <gasps> like Gabby is someone I would love to share gossip with because I feel that she would mirror that energy back. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. No, she, you could see her growing increasingly pissed off on Rachel's behalf. Yes. Like, I loved it. I loved it, too. It was it was fantastic. And they're both just like, Chris? Like, we have not even spoken to this man. Exactly. This is inappropriate. <laughs> so they're like, we got to go talk to him. They go pull Chris aside, and the other men are just looking on, like grabbing their popcorns and sitting down to to watch the drama <laughs> unfold. Chris knows he's in trouble mm-hmm. because he opens with "Nice to meet you both," <laughs> and Gabby is Could just you- like, "So you think it's appropriate to be talking about fantasy suites this early? What did you think? What did you think of Chris's response?" Because this was like a mess. I thought Chris's response was exactly how you would expect a messy and idiotic person to respond to being caught out there. He knew that the jig was up, that he had basically been ratted out, and that like he was just basically going to grasp at straws and try to like, I don't know, grasp at straws and not really ever admit defeat or apologize um, no. because he clearly has some issues with ever being at fault. (laughs) And he also, the same way he has issues with like the possibility that a woman could be interested in more men than just him, especially on The Bachelorette. Um, Yeah, he just really, I don't know. It was weird because like, I, I, I think that regardless, like however this was, however this played out, I think ultimately he wouldn't have moved on in the show. But the way... I think that there was a way that he could have responded or even tried to pretend to cover his ass that would have made him seem less weird in the moment. If he had just been like, look, a personal boundary for me is, you know, is monogamy and that's my value. And I was going to share that with you when the time was right. And they yeah, should I was gone. planning to bring it up. I was planning to have this conversation. Exactly. It, you know, it was a mistake for exactly. me to even say anything about this to the other men, exactly. but like, like he, he really could have softened it. And instead he was like, well, to be clear, what I said <laughs> is that if you had sex with someone else, I wouldn't like you anymore. Yeah. Cause that's disgusting. So I'm, I don't understand why you're upset. He's like, I would just, you know, that's not a commentary on any female's decision. I won't take mm-hmm. that away from you. Mm-hmm. I'll just, you know, set up a test. And then if you fail it, I will plan to walk away. And I, communicated that to all the other men. That's very normal. Like, he could not take responsibility. No, he doubled down. And, like, I think that, like, yeah, he doubled down at a point in time when very few people, I think, would have doubled down. Again, this man is— they believed it, they wouldn't have doubled down. So bad at playing the game. Like, he just is the least tactical person and has Mm. such an inflated sense of self. Mm -hmm. 
Gabby ultimately kind of gets down to the main point, and we have a clip of what she says. I understand that you're thinking way far in advance, but big picture, this is four days in, and your very calculated thoughts about fantasy suites are pretty inappropriate at this time. I wasn't the only person to speak about it. You were willing to talk about it about at me. depth, which if you've seen our journey, yeah. you would know it'd be important to us and would respect our place as women yes. and our position to make our own decisions, which it seems like if we went against something you believed in, you would take that time to leave. Oh, that was such a good point. Was so well put. I could not uh, have put Gabby? That Gabby is so good. They honestly, I was impressed with both of them mm-hmm. in this situation. Like Chris kind of goes on the offensive at this point and tries to do the thing where he's like, well, I wanted to get to know both of you, but clearly you don't want that beautiful opportunity to know me. Like, what? Why, t- why choose now to be arrogant? <laughs> why now? Exactly. Rachel, to her credit, just cuts him off and is like, look, you, you could have taken this time to apologize. And you didn't. So oh. you've got to go. They're both just like, it's time to go. If if you feel this strongly, like, don't worry. We won't even put you in that position mm. because we don't, we just don't want to date you anymore, which seems really fair. Like it is, look, it is fair for someone to have a whatever personal romantic or sexual boundary they want to have. But it is also someone else's prerogative who's allegedly dating them to like get that information and be like, this doesn't work for me. Exactly. Goodbye. It's also weird. It's if you have a lot of boundaries around what you think your partner should or should not be doing, it seems like the bachelorette is the last place. It's just that simply you not go. the place for you. No. Like, I, it's just, it is this entitlement that I, I think we do see in a lot of men where they're just like, well, obviously it is inherently not okay for a woman to like share her body with multiple people. Mm -hmm. And like that kind of intimacy is like a violation of what I deserve from my, from my Mm -hmm. partner who's a woman. And I don't think that with a lot of more like men who have that more kind of like conservative mindset around sex, like you don't often see that, as you said earlier, like reflecting back on them. They're not like, they're not, he's not framing in this like, for me, sex holds like a very special place. And like, nope. I don't want to engage in that intimacy and I don't want my partner to until we're in a certain place. He's just like, it's disgusting to me. That you would do and that. And I would no longer be interested <laughs> if you did this with someone else. Exactly. I, I just don't, I don't know. I, he was, I'm glad he's gone. I do think that like, even if, Quincy, I think that even if Quincy hadn't gone directly to Rachel, I think that Chris, just the way that he behaves, is so bizarre and oh, yeah. so narcissistic. I think he would have been found out regardless. But I it was agree. so satisfying to have that moment where he gets told off by both of the women. I know. It really, really was. Okay, but so like, they walk. Yeah, wait, keep talking. Because this is yeah. like, this was so weird. This part is so hilarious to me and insane. They walk Chris out. They're like, Chris, it's time for you to go. (laughs) You can walk us out. Like, we'll follow you out the front of the mansion. And then they get to the stoop and he's like, so like, how does this work? Do I just, do I walk out? And they're like, yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, like a, keep walking and a producer will come find you eventually. Just like go to the driveway, you know? 
you can leave as you came. Like, Literally. Way in, way out. Uh, and afterwards, when he finally walks away, they start complimenting each other on how beautifully they each handled the situation. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to play a clip of this yes. exchange because I loved it. You handled that beautifully. I thought you did. Oh, my God. God. You get to do it. <laughs> that again. was literally disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this is such relatable girl talk. Like some dude comes over to you at a bar and is like trying to manhandle your friend and you're trying to like dance her away. Mm -hmm. Like it just, and then you're like, oh my God, that was gross. Thanks for handling that. No, you handled it great. Like it was just, this was the girl talk that I, that I crave. That's what I came for. It's honestly what I came for. It also was nice too, because like, I feel like on other seasons when it's just one bachelorette, um, when something like that happens, also I think because they drink so much on this show, when something like that happens, usually it's like a tearful night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're so like, exhausted yeah. and you have no one to turn to. And exactly. it's like exactly also having to tell someone off by yourself uh, it's, is so much less satisfying than doing no. it with backup. It's kind of fun <laughs> when you have a, a like a co-teller offer. Um it, it, it really feels, I think, very draining when it's just you. And you can like... Exactly. And it was nice to see them sort of like have that moment that was like, ick, Chris, gross. Um, yeah. High five. It. And then move on with the rest of the evening. It was so nice. Yeah. Gabby's like, okay, I'm so glad that this situation is over. And of course, at that moment, Chris says to himself, you know, I didn't get to yell at the other men I had this conversation with yet. So I should probably go back into the house and grab <laughs> Jordan, Nate, Hayden, and Quincy for a chat. And the the like optics of this scene are so odd because they are all seated in front of him yes. on the couches and he's just standing over them. So like, weird. Delivering a lecture. It is so odd. And even the power imbalance that you that it feels like he's trying to communicate with that mm -hmm. the way he's standing is just it's not working so specific yeah he's like raise your hand if you were talking to rachel <laughs> like dude shut up go home why go are you home, still jordan. here go home it's so weird jordan quincy and hayden are all like yeah i mean we yes raising our hands we did say that and at this point before the confrontation even really gets a chance to get off the ground we get that like fun behind the scenes shot of Rachel and Gabby <laughs> yeah. spotting Chris from behind a yes. row of cameras. Yes. And they walk over and are just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, dude, we asked you to, to leave. leave. Go. And at this point, Nate gets up. Yes. And is like, Chris, you've been asked to leave. That's all I need to really hear. If they ask you to leave, just be a gentleman and go. Mm. Again, Nate, I love you. Two points for Nate. I Yeah, I love Nate's Nate. like, I don't engage in this bullshit. Mm -mm. You're irrelevant. You've been asked to leave. Go. Mm. Like, go. I also loved that Chris is like a kid who got his like who's caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Like he just heaves, heaves a giant sigh and is like, oh, fuck. <laughs> or in ABC terms, bleep. Exactly. A long bleep. <laughs> Uh, so sad Chris finally acquiesces, mm. goes back to the driveway, I assume, to await his van to take him back to the airport. And at this point, it's time for the rose ceremony to really get started. But some of the men have not had time to chat with Gabby and Rachel. Yeah. 
because of course the drama. I, I love at this point in the season where they're always like, if it had not been for the drama, I would I have, would have gotten mm-hmm. amazing time. Exactly. Like, it's like I I really don't think so. I don't even think it's designed like that. Um, but no, I love exactly. that you think that. I love that you think that for you. Like, also, like if they think that you're hot, they'll probably just give you a rose anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's early enough. Like you don't really need to have wowed them with your sparkling Mm-mm. personality. Like if they ha- have a vibe with you, you're they'll take you're it. gonna stick around. Yeah. Mario in particular is freaked out because he realizes that he did court Rachel very um openly in Gabby's line of sight and then mm-hmm. didn't speak to her. And he's like, oh no, that may be bad for me. But before he has time to freak out too much, Jesse comes in and explains that because there are still 27 men there. A lot of them will be going home tonight. And he also explains, because everyone is kind of confused about how this is going to work, that at this point in the game, these roses will be joint roses. So a rose from either woman means that both of them want to keep them around. So it's like no one freak out about who you're receiving a rose from. Mm -hmm. They will just be switching off. I um, like that. I made me really excited for the point when they start getting specific roses because oh my God, that's I think it might be next so week. <laughs> and I just like want it. I I'm need ready. it to happen. I love it. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. But for now, it's coming from both of them. Mm-hmm. Logan, Nate, and Johnny already have roses, of course. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the roses go to Jason, Avon, Eric, Zach, which I just want to say, we know that people who get the roses earlier tend to be kind of major players. Yep. And I think it is notable that Jason, Avon, Eric, and Zach were all up there because I think that they, we're going to see them a lot. I definitely think so. I, I have very good feeling about Eric for this season. Me too. Eric, yeah. And I think we we saw some, like a lot of Avon. Yeah, a lot of Avon. Rachel. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, then the roses go to Jordan. Quincy, Michael, Tino, Jacob, Tyler, who turns to the camera and is like, I'm all in on Rachel. Termaine, Hayden, Meatball, Kirk, Spencer, Alec, Ethan. And the final rose goes to Mario, who lives to see another day. Yeah. I was was glad for him. I like Mario. He was so nervous. I like Mario too. He seems like a cool guy. And even like, like uh, the way, even uh, the way that he tried to like holler at Rachel, even after getting like a first impression rose from Gabby, it was, he didn't go the Logan route of like trying to put his tongue in both their mouths. Right. He was just like trying to be flirtatious and feel each girl out. And I thought that was the right. I agree. I thought it came off very differently from like the Logan yes. vibe. Like he wasn't sort of feigning like over like unearned intimacy with mm-hmm. Rachel. He was just like, I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna I didn't get a chance to talk to you. I, I wanna get to know you. And that seems like totally fair, especially at this point in the season. So this means that going home, and I think I I wrote all of them down, are Ryan, Matt, Brandon, John, and Justin B. Again. Men we've Never only really met. Yeah. vaguely seen mm-hmm. on on screen. I don't know. They all have share some like what I thought were actually really sweet goodbyes with Rachel and Gabby. Like you could hear Rachel and Gabby being like, "Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you. Like, thank you for coming out." It was like they were like, "Look, we're really grateful that you put in the time to apply for this job, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, we won't be able to move you to the next round, but." 
HR will keep your emails <laughs> in their database. Um, so they all cheers yep. to what's to come. Getting through a super tough night. And uh, Mario is just out here delivering truth bombs. Yeah. Things like, there are two bachelorettes. <laughs> and that <laughs> right. is the line we end on. <laughs> He's just like, guys, there are two. Two bachelorettes. I, mean, I will say <laughs> it gives the guys like two times as good of a chance as they typically have. I know. So Two times the chance to get those Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. Two times the chance to find love. I mean, it's a good deal for them. It's a pretty. It's a pretty good deal for them. It's a pretty good deal for them. I, I, um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where the season goes. I also have to say, I feel like this is a. I mean, the, the girls said this. I think either in the first episode or earlier in this episode. It's a really good group of guys. I'm not even exaggerating. They have some. They have. It's a good group of guys. I actually, I'm feeling. Optimistic. I agree. I agree. I'm kind of into them thus yeah. far. I mean, I'm sure some of them will continue to disappoint us, mm-hmm. but. But I'm I'm into a good handful of them. And during the credits, we get a great sequence where Meatball <laughs> oh, sits yes. the women down during the cocktail party for a full spaghetti dinner. And Rachel, is, she's so relatable. She's just like, I mean, if he's going to feed us a full meal yes. during these very long nights, like, he can stay. Yeah. Like, he can stay the whole time. And... I, I felt mean, that. I really felt yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, they're I was like, definitely hungry. Right. When they said Meatball's name, I was like, Meatball? Meatball? Um, but yeah, but then I saw he put out, put out the full dinner, and I'm like, of course. And of course, I, the other thing that I'll say, not too many oddballs um, this season, which is nice. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching, and I'm like, come like, on, Like, Meatball's man. kind of like the oddest, and he's like charming. He's yeah. just like a little bit of a nerd. Yeah, he's and like, like a silly. has like a weird little gimmick, but it's also like, yeah, I like spaghetti, and he seems like a fun time. Yeah. So he's he's gonna stick around till he's like the middle of the around. season. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw what the preview that they had. Was it in this episode or the last episode where Rachel, I think she got rejected by Meatball? Oh, yes. If she's I, I not, think that is coming like next episode yeah. or the one after. I, That's going to be my guess. Yeah, I'm worried for her mental state. I know. I'm very that. worried for her mental state. I'm like, I just want them both to be happy. And I'm, I really, I'm worried for Rachel, but I'm hoping they're both going to ultimately pull through and that the producers are going to give us what we crave. So, so, Brittany, this brings us to the end of the episode. Um, do you want to stick around for a little love to see it, hate to see it, which we do at the end of yes. every episode? Okay. Feel free to, you know, chime in with any moments that you particularly loved to see or hate hated to see. Um, I have a handful of written down. First, love to see it. I'm just going to say Nate as a whole. Just Nate, the girl dad. The comment about the way that men try to exert control over women in these kind of sly ways. Like, I am just so on board with him. He has great style, great energy, and I want him, if not to be Gabby's future husband, I want him to be our future bachelor. I also love to see both women really, like, delicately navigating each other's feelings and being really considerate to each other in what could be a tough situation. 100%. I love that so much. Those literally are two things that I love to see. Um, So I'm just going to have to agree with you. But additionally, um, one of the things that I actually really did love to see is 
Thus far, I feel like there has been minimal drama. I feel like the guys have mostly been Mm -hmm. pretty chill. And they actually seem like they're excited to get to know both women. I think sometimes when I watch The Bachelorette, maybe less so with The Bachelor, to be honest, but sometimes when I'm watching The Bachelorette, I think it it comes off as so many guys are there for the wrong reasons. And this season in particular, I feel, of course, like you could get on Tinder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you really wanted to find somebody, we all you could know to get this isn't the only way for right. them to, to exactly. Date. Like, there are there on some level to like, I don't know, have fame, do something, sure, fun, all of them, their social whatever. platform, whatever. But I actually felt like there were multiple moments where I could see men having real chemistry with both with, with the bachelorettes like i felt like okay we're actually going to get some good romance this season and it's not yes. just going to be drama and fighting and disappointment and tears and really trying to have production force relationships where there aren't going to be some there i felt like i could see each of the women having you know, good options with multiple men. And I think it's going to make it a really good season. I think we could end up in a place where um, they're actually going to have tough decisions to make. Yes. Oh, that is such a good love to see it. And I agree. I love to see that. Mm -hmm. My final two are just, you know, team Windeckia coming out very strong Mm. when delivering a red card to mentality coach, Chris. (laughs) Love to see women telling off a man. It's very satisfying. And... I love to see Gabby and Rachel just lady and the tramping their spaghetti at the end of the, in the credit sequence, just inching ever closer to our collective fantasy of them simply finding love with each other and running off together at the end of this journey. Honestly, I think about all the branding and marketing for this season, showing them in a top-down convertible together, driving off into some unknown location. But it looks like they're like on a Route 66 open road, Western United States type of thing. And minus the car crash at the very end, I hate to spoil it. It is giving a little bit of Thelma and Louise. Like it's giving a little bit of like... Yeah, with a happier ending. Yeah. (laughs) Like maybe a wedding instead of like... Death. Yeah, I love that for them. I totally agree. And now it's time for hate to see it. I'm going to say that I hate to see all of the focus on men having like mandatory six pack abs. Mm -hmm. We really, I like to find actual equality. I don't think the answer is just to objectify men. Like, I think we got to show some some body diversity and not like kind of shoehorn male bodies into the same really shitty limiting boxes that we have historically always done for for women. So I hate to see that. I also hate to see the fact that Rachel's narrative is clearly becoming no one wants me and I don't deserve to be here. Mm. Hate to see that. We did talk about that during the episode, but just I hate to see it. I hate to see that. I'm I I'm, really hope that they're I'm hoping that I mean, you can't stop production, right, from laying this sort of track, right? But I'm hoping that at least it's going to a point where she has, like, a come to Jesus with, like, a family member yes. or a friend where they're just sort of like, you deserve this, choose Get you. your head in the game, Yeah, girl. get your head like, in the game. I really hope that that inner, that some sort of intervention happens because, like, I just hate to think of Rachel going through this process just not thinking that she 
deserves me it. too me too up. and i i do i do think that ultimately gabby will be there to like bolster her so i just you know i want that i want her i want better for her and then my final two hate to see it's are just about chris uh his wild <laughs> entitlement which as we discussed he displayed both towards the other men and towards gabby and rachel and his repeated use of the word females Ugh. to talk about women. Just, I hate it. And before we wrap, we have to give our BFF energy rating out of 10 friendship bracelets. Brittany, what do you think? What level of BFF energy was this episode giving us? Mm. Last week, we said it was a 10. It was really a 10 out of 10 BFF level. I think it was a little lower I think week. it was a little lower this week, but I would still give it at least an 8.5 out of 10 fresh friendship yeah. bracelets. I think that the way that they navigated both um, having feelings for Logan during this sort of like lightning round date, I thought was really classy. I loved the moments where they had champagne um, and just girl talk. Even when they had champagne with Nate, I thought that was so cute. Um, and then also I have to say the BFF energy was off the charts when they were both going at it with Chris together. So 8.5 out of 10 for me. I think you're so right. I, I was initially thinking like, oh, there's a little cracks are emerging. Maybe it's like 7, 7.5, but I'm going to give it an 8 as well because like these friendship bracelets are strong and all the tension that has emerged is only structural. It's really mm. not not about them, not about their friendship, and they are navigating it beautifully. Uh, and yeah, I mean, two women telling off one man. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and all of your work? Yes. Um, so uh, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm much more active on Twitter at BMLuce. That's L-U-S-E. Um, you can also find uh, the podcast that I host currently for Colored Nerds, wherever podcasts are found. Um, and you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at For Colored Nerds. Uh, we have new episodes that come out every Tuesday at midnight. Uh, but additionally, we also have like hundreds of other podcast episodes that we've made um, of For Colored Nerds and also um, another show that we hosted, for, me and my co-host Eric hosted for a long time called The Nod. So you can find me at DM Loose. You can find For Colored Nerds wherever podcasts are found. Well, everyone, make sure to check all of that out because as you heard today, uh, Brittany is brilliant and hilarious. So thank you. it's just a lesson for all of you. And on that note, that is it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our guest, Brittany Luce. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like Love to See It, please follow the show wherever you find your podcasts and rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word about our show to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions. And you can find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And you can find Claire at Claire E. Fallon. We will be back next week with even more from Gabby and Rachel's wild BFF-filled journey. Can
Stitcher. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 